The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say that I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have your mind in the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the Holy angels, the gospel of the Lord. All right, what's one plus one? What's two plus two? What color is the sky? Where is the floor? Okay, where are you right now? Okay, so all, we know all those things, right? We know 1 plus 1 equals 2. We know what 2 plus 2 equals 4. Four. We know the sky is blue today. We know the floor is under us, and we know that we're in church. We know these things. We count on them, right? Okay. I'm going to share a quick little story with you. I remember when I was probably your age, Cash, the first time I remember hearing someone call my mom by her name, right? She was just mom. To me, right? And I thought everybody knew her as mom. And I remember someone, I heard someone call her Jean, and I was like, wait a second, who's Jean? Right? Who is that? Who are you talking to? And I had to realize that my mom was so much more than just my mom, right? She was this whole person that was way bigger than just being my mom. Not that being my mom is any small thing. Let's just be real here. But that's kind, of what, that's kind of like what we hear in the gospel today. Peter thinks he knows exactly who Jesus is. And he tells Jesus who he thinks he is. And Jesus says, hey, buddy, you're right, but you're kind of, there's more to the story. All right? And so if I give you anything to think about today, what I want you to think about is that Jesus is so big, so much bigger than we can imagine that he is so much, not just one thing, and he's not always going to do things the way we want him to, right? So our job is to follow. <laughs>
Our job is to go with Jesus wherever Jesus goes and calls us to be because Jesus loves us so much that he's always working for us. You remember that? All right? All right, you guys go with Miss Debbie now, and we'll see you in a little bit. And now, God, open my mouth so that I can speak. Open our ears so that we can hear and open our hearts so that we can change by your power and through your grace. Amen. Please be seated. All right. It'll come as no surprise to many of you when I tell you that I like order and I'm a planner. I like to know what's going on. I just seem to function better that way. I run all kinds of scenarios in my head to consider potential outcomes for any number of things that I may be dealing with. I put a great deal of time and energy into making sure I know where I'm headed, what I need to do, what's going to happen next, so that things unfold the way I think they should or want them to. I ask a lot of questions in my quest to predict the unpredictable. And here I'll take a moment to say that I am very grateful to many of the people in this room who have a lot of patience with me, who kindly and graciously endure my incessant and sometimes likely annoying questions. If I'm being honest, I'm aware that much of what motivates this is fear, specifically fear of what I can't control, of things getting away from me in a way that leaves me hanging without a net. Lucky for me, most of the time I'm pretty successful. But truth be told, I also like being the guy with the answers, the guy who knows how things are supposed to go and knows how to make things happen the way I think they should. Every once in a while, though, I find myself in the midst of something that just isn't playing out the way I thought it would. And all the things I thought I'd figured out go flying out the window, and I struggle to get my feet back on what feels like solid ground. Have you ever had a moment in your life where everything took a left turn and went somewhere you never saw coming? where you experienced something, saw or heard something that you couldn't unsee or unhear, and everything that happened after was somehow different. These turning points can often be unsettling and leave us feeling like like we've had the rug pulled out from under us. I think that's kind of where we find Peter in today's gospel passage, which signals a critical turning point for Jesus himself as he begins his journey to the cross, and for Peter 
who must contend with a new understanding of who Jesus is and exactly what he came to do. We start out with Jesus and his disciples together, and he asks them about who people say that he is, and the answers he gets about what people are saying about him are not entirely surprising given all that they've seen and heard from him. He then asks them who they say that he is, and Peter, the star student, shoots up his hand and declares that he is the Messiah. Excellent, Peter, you get a gold star. And you can picture Peter there all proud of himself for knowing exactly what's going on. Yes, I got it. Everything is on track. It's all going exactly as I thought it would. And just as Peter is busy patting himself on the back, imagining all of the triumphs that await, Jesus keeps talking and flips everything upside down for Peter. Jesus tells his friends that he's going to be rejected, suffer, and be killed. I'm not even sure if Peter heard the part about rising again on the third day. It's just too much for him, and he pulls Jesus aside, determined to talk some sense into him. This is not what Peter had in mind. It doesn't fit the script, and it's not at all going to get them where he thinks they need to go. Keep in mind that this scene plays out in a village outside a city run by the Romans. They are Jews basically standing in the shadow of the Roman Empire, their oppressors. When Peter says that Jesus is the Messiah, he had a very clear picture of what that meant, and it involved kicking some Roman butt, release from their suffering, and the Jews taking their right, rightful place as God's chosen with all of the earthly rights and privileges that he could imagine would come with that designation. And now, just as soon as he got his gold star, Jesus takes it back by telling him he got it all wrong. And I picture Peter just standing there, shaking his head, saying to himself, no, it's not supposed to be this way. I remember saying that to myself more than once when my first marriage ended. I had carefully constructed a plan for how my life was going to play out. I was sure of the path that I was on. My vision was clear, and I thought I had it all figured out. I had a life and a spouse to share it with, a great career. I was on track to ordination. Everything was trending exactly as I'd planned it. There was just one problem. It wasn't meant to be, and my life took a giant left turn that I hadn't prepared for. And when that happened, I turned right to Jesus and said, please fix this. Everything I thought I knew was upended, and I walked around for months in kind of a daze, just saying over and over to myself, it, it, it wasn't supposed to happen this way, trying desperately to figure out what I'd missed. That's why I think I relate to Peter so much in this passage, 
He thought he was seeing everything with his eyes wide open and knew what was going to happen, that he knew what Jesus would do, only to find out that he'd missed something, something critical. Which brings me back to my earlier question of what we do when something happens that disrupts what we thought we knew. More importantly, what do we do when we look to Jesus to make everything better and it turns out He isn't who we want Him to be and doesn't do what we want Him to do and all we have left is a turn that we didn't want to take? I think it's in these turning points that if you're anything like me, our desire to control outcomes walks up and stares us right in the face. But you see, turning points are just that. They turn and point us in a direction that we weren't previously headed. They make us consider where we've been and look at where we're going in a new way with new eyes. And Jesus, the real Jesus, not the one we've created in our minds that exists to give us what we want. The real Jesus meets us at these turning points, and our job is to keep our eyes open to that. In this complex time we find ourselves experiencing in the world and in our community, we are at a turning point. And Jesus is standing there before us with an invitation to trust Him, to believe in Him, to follow His way wherever it leads instead of the safe and secure paths we think we've created for ourselves or want to walk on. He invites us to put down the weight that comes with certainty of self and walk a new path that leads to newness of life in and through Him, even if that newness doesn't look like what we thought it would. How we respond to that. What we do with this invitation from Jesus is the difference between choosing darkness over light, between despair over hope, between believing that we are all we need and trusting the unimaginable love of God to see us through the challenges of our lives. And we all have challenges. Some are more public than others, but we've all got them. I found myself in a lot of conversations recently where I have encouraged people to keep their eyes and ears open to what God is doing in this moment of their lives and in our life as a community. I've been encouraging people to lean in to where the Holy Spirit is pointing us as we take this turn. I've been working on that too. And I won't try to sell you on the fact that I've got it all nailed down. Like I said before, I spend a lot of time playing outcomes out in my head. 
the only thing I really understand. And what today's gospel reminds me is that none of us are really served by doing that. We may not know what God is doing in any given situation, but I know that God is always at work. And Jesus is standing there inviting us, all of us, to put our trust in him and follow where we're being led. So let's take the first step of this new path today and meet Jesus at the table. Let's try as best as we can to put down our desire to be in control and come here open to whatever path the Spirit is opening in front of us as individuals and as a community, trusting that Jesus will feed us, hold us, and lift us up to new life along the way. Most importantly, can we do that together? Because it's through each other and how we show up for each other in times of celebration and especially in times of lament that Jesus most vividly reveals himself to us. It's how we reveal Jesus to each other. What I've learned from the turning points in my own journey is that no matter what the twists and turns are that life puts in front of us, we'll never be abandoned by a God who loves us more than anything. That even when the outcome we want seems no longer possible. That is never the end of the story.